welcome to the Hobby Tassel podcast. I'm Gemma. And I'm Candice. This is the podcast for creatives run by two fellow business owners who discuss the ups and downs of creative entrepreneurship. From dealing with imposter syndrome to celebrating new business milestones, we're here to talk about all of them with you. Hi, Gemma here. Welcome back to the Hobby Tussle podcast. We are here talking today about commissions. So commissions, like any niche, have ups and downs, and we both have experience in commissions. We're going to be sharing our experience in the commission space and some of the pros and cons of the niche. So I have probably a couple of years experience with commissions. I didn't offer a ton, but I offered it is part of my calligraphy business when I launched my websites. And Candice has some interesting experience with commissions as well, actually outside of Koku Island. So Candice, do you want to share your experience? Yeah, so I had about roughly three years of experience with commissions. It was regarding motorcycle decals, so on helmets, as well as the motorcycles itself. And that took up a lot of my time, but it was a completely separate entity of Koku Island. I did have both of them operating at the same time and both launched at the same time, but it was separated. And yeah, we will be talking about kind of like the pros and cons because obviously both Gemma and I are no longer offering them, but we do believe that just because it's not our cup of tea, it doesn't necessarily mean it's not everyone's cup of tea. So Gemma, what did you like about commissions? So I am a calligrapher, so it makes sense that the commissions I do are written pieces. (laughs) So for example, I've written wedding speeches, I've written memorial poems, I've written a poem about a dog. Someone wanted to gift his neighbour a poem about his neighbour's dog um, and actually loved it so much he ended up ordering another commission for him too. But it was really sweet. And then another commission where someone had been estranged from their dad for ages and then he found out his dad was poorly so he wanted to re-establish the relationship so he created this really sentimental poem which apparently made his dad cry because it was so meaningful. And that's one thing I'm kind of sad about giving up commissions for because the pieces I created were really sentimental. They were often about important parts of people's lives, both the ups, like weddings, and then the downs in terms of memorials. So yeah, there was a huge sense of purpose behind them, which is something I loved doing. It's also a lot of pressure, (laughs) but yeah, I loved feeling like I was giving someone something special. Um, and making it more meaningful by making it look pretty with calligraphy. I feel like calligraphy commissions generally are a little bit more sentimental and elegant or eloquent. Elegant, right? (laughs) It could be both. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like because of just the nature of it automatically makes it more personal and emotional. That's for sure. Because 100% if... I, I don't think there was much sentiment with mine because it's not like they would gift it to someone. Like so the only gifting I would see is if someone asked me like, hey, I, I'm planning on giving this helmet to this person and I know they love roses. Can you add some roses on the helmet? The first thing that came to mind it, was cats. 
Oh. <laughs> Did you ever do any cat themed I... decals? Oh, I did. Oh, decals? Oh, cool. No. Cat artwork? Oh. <laughs> I, I guess I did like a couple of times. Yeah, no, for the motorcycles, it would just be, it, it would be so rare for someone to commission me to do it for another for person. someone else. So I think yeah. calligraphy has always been more sentimental, whether it be for weddings, family, like reunions or or birthdays and stuff like that. I feel like it's been more sentimental that's for sure yeah that i would that kind of do you think that's like that just comes with calligraphy commissions like that's an expectancy though like if you if someone were to do commissions in calligraphy do you think that they would thrive in a commission business that is not regular like targeted for weddings because like what else is there I genuinely don't know. So it's not just weddings, it's just personal pieces in general. So it may be for anniversaries, like I said, it may be a sentimental piece people want to put up in their house. It's just anything, any words that have meaning to people could be a commission. Because okay. I feel like that's a really tight niche. I think isn't it? commissions is actually a really easy niche to get into, which brings me to my next point. Because... Yeah, there's quite high demand for commissions, I th- I think. I get a lot of inquiries about commissions still, even though I say quite clearly my commissions are closed. <laughs> but I, th- I think it's easy to get into because, you know, you can easily showcase your work around commissions. But also, the commission niche is very cheap to get into. All you need, resource-wise, is paper and pens. Um, so you don't need a ton of material or other supplies to get into that niche. So it's a niche I started offering when I launched my website because at the time events were not running because of COVID. And that was kind of the part of my business that started to pick up some traction. And I just want to clarify for those who are listening, when Gemma says you just need a pen and paper, we she is specifically talking about calligraphy. We know that yeah, there's sorry. digital artists out there. <laughs> there's digital artists out there and stuff like that. Um, so I think it is an yeah, calligraphy definitely is in my opinion, it's more tied to sentimental pieces. And then for things like mine, like motorcycle, it's more, not edgy, but like it's more like someone wanted to like pizzazz their stuff. So, and I, I don't think there were many people that would do it here. I, I like even in my community, I don't think anyone did it. It was mostly me. And that's why I was working with a local motorcycle dealership, but like their apparel side of the stuff. And they were saying, like, I think with you available to us now, we can actually purchase black and white helmets, like pure black and pure white helmets, because those typically didn't sell since they had no graphic work on it. But when people knew that there was an option to even customize it without having to pay an additional, like, $1,000 just to buy the newer graphic only for them to not like it that much, that was pretty good. So if you are that one person in your local area to do the artwork for anything, like maybe menu signs, because that's, that's a, is that commissioning? If so. 
Yeah, you can offer customization, like digital files and right. things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wedding okay, the wedding stuff, like the the menu, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily if you don't want to do the sentimental part, because I do understand that there is. If you're a calligraphy commission artist, you do probably feel that pressure if you were to write a sentimental thing you can also offer the uh the 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 menus and the table the seating chart mm. that's the yeah that's, <laughs> yeah i guess that all f- falls under a different niche because i would put that in yeah. the wedding niche yeah it is still calligraphy and i i did not like it though i genuinely did not like it you received me feedback couple- though your first time didn't you I received really terrible feedback. And I think that's so unlucky because I doubt your calligraphy was that bad <laughs> that you should I, be receiving negative I, feedback. But I also genuinely told... because So basically what happened was I worked at a... Oh my God, we actually did talk about this before. Mm. Neg- yeah. <laughs> negative feedback. It was our second episode now. Oh, the trauma. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I... And this is just... It was not even my fault. I told my employer, I'm like, I'm not comfortable with this. I do not have any experience. I only do things like envelopes, greeting cards. It's at that size. I only know how to use nibs and dipped ink. And they just kind of like threw me under the bus and was like, you got to do this scene. And I was like, I did not agree to this. But, you know, what could I do, right? They're my employers kind of thing. And um, there's a bride that's supposedly receiving a seating chart. So... Yeah, anyways, that was a bit of a, a sidetrack thing. But it is an easy thing for everyone to kind of get into their own commissioning niche. There's like the digital artists, there's calligraphy, there's deco making, there's even um, tattoo artwork. Mm, that's like you don't have to well. be the tattoo artist, but you could design them. the art. Yeah, 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 yeah. As long as, you know, you're making sure you're getting paid that not copyright, but like you're, you're charging people that. Is that the no? Right word? I would say the like charging your charging people appropriately. Mm. Like just because you're not doing the what's it called? You're not doing the actual tattooing. I hope you are charging adequately to you know compensate for the fact that you know you your your artwork is going to be kind of traced by another person. That's, yeah, I don't know what yeah. that is, but you kind of have to understand yeah. that for tattoos yeah um something i want to quickly point out as well maybe not for the tattoo side but in terms of commissions generally you do not have to be the creme de la creme of calligraphers to offer commissions you know your calligraphy or your art generally does not have to be the best to be able to offer commissions i think as long as you are offering lots of pictures of what the client can expect then yeah, I think you can offer it at pretty much any level. Yeah. Just the, like in the last five minutes alone, we named so many niches that you can get into. Mm. So it's very easy for you to get into those mm. things with the pen and paper. You could even do ta- yeah, you could do tattooing with a pen and paper. Yeah, you, you could do lots of things with a pen and paper. <laughs> you could, yeah, oh my gosh. And I think it's also good... In terms of doing commissions, if you're someone who likes to sit down and just, like, grind. 
I don't mean Grimes, like... that makes us so right. sort of feel like <laughs> I don't mean I, that I in a negative way. Yeah. But like, if you are the type of person who does a commission and you get lost track of time, but again, make sure you're charging people adequately. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's great for people who can really just like, you know, nose to the table and just draw. Like, that's what they love. Um, yeah. Yeah, because... I often get asked by my students, like, oh, how often do you create calligraphy then? And I'm like, uh, I don't actually like creating calligraphy for hours on end. <laughs> I, like, I'm just not that person. I can't sit down and, you know, create for hours. I get a bit restless, um, which is one reason why, yeah, I ended up giving up commissions. But um, it, if you are someone that generally loves sitting down and just immersing yourself in creating art I think it is the perfect kind of niche for you because mm-hmm. you can also um, pick up however many commission artworks that you want based on your schedule based on your availability you know yourself best like if it takes you like six seven hours to finish one commission art work or art piece or whatever case it may be then you can kind of like guesstimate do an educated guess on how many commission artworks you can take and then close it. Because I'm sure people who are aware of commissioning, there's things called wait list and commissions that are even open and closed, which Gemma's kind of touched based on a little bit, which kind of narrows down to flexibility. I I do miss the flexibility of commission artwork. Yeah, I, I think it's a great niche for those that um, maybe have a full-time job and don't want to spend huge amounts of time on a business but want to I guess earn a bit of extra money on the side and want to be able to pick and choose when they want to work I think it's a great niche for that you can even be that one person so for those who are listening and know things like twitch there's like these they're called emotes they're like little artworks that people can send in chat if let's say you want to do just one emote and you want to be that go-to person for this just one emote, you can do that too. Mm. And you can open and close that. Like that, people actually look for that. And there's something empowering. Not going to, okay, this sounds so bad, but <laughs> there's something empowering about someone asking you to do an emote or just any commission and you go like, I'm sorry, I'm kind of booked up right now, but I can schedule in for a wait list. Can you tell me? <laughs> Tell me that's not empowering. That is. <laughs> I'm just a busy woman. <laughs> yeah, like you can, you can literally take on demand. one. <laughs> you can take on one. And they won't know. You're right? Like, you can sorry, take you on just one for like one week and then you just go like, I'm sorry. <laughs> They'll mm. never know. You sound mm. so professional. You'll be mm. like, I'm sorry, but like my, like you don't have to tell them how many you're doing. It's just based on your schedule. Like what Gemma said, if you're working full time. Yeah. And you yeah. can only take one a week and you got one person messaging you and you take it and then like another person messages you and you go like, I'm sorry, but like I got to wait list you. I can schedule you in for next week. Then then people will be like, wow, this person must like, you you know. So I have actually sent, I was going to say rejection emails. That sounds like a really strong <laughs> word. That's not what I meant. So on my commissions page, I explicitly state my commissions are closed here are some other great artists for you to go get your commissions from. But I don't think people always read that page or maybe don't see it. So I get messages asking for commissions. 
So then I email or respond saying my commissions are currently closed or I, I don't have the availability to work on this commission right now. Here are some other names, but it makes me feel more in control <laughs> when I say no rather than taking something on just because there's the potential of money there. Not that that's the only reason people take on commissions. I'm just saying for me, I don't like to take on work that feels outside of the realm I'm in. Yeah. You don't want to spread yourself too thin. Yeah. And being able to say yes and no gives you that power to stop yourself from spreading yourself way too thin. But yeah, those are those are our main pros. I I really love the flexibility. And just seeing your artwork come to life and so like just giving it going like yo here it is mm. and then them, them being super happy is really nice mm. so sometimes i don't feel like my work is amazing but then i create a commission i'm like oh my word <laughs> that, that is good <laughs> um and i'm like oh i did it um and just feel really proud of myself for creating a longer piece because normally i do not have the patience to create a longer piece so to actually see my work looking pristine yeah it's really satisfying when i take a photo of the helmets that i made it and then i just send it to them and they go like oh my god that is beautiful i did not do that looks amazing i'm gonna tell everyone about this and then i will get random clients asking me going like hey i saw this was posted on my friend's instagram and they told me that you were the one who was responsible for doing this. I would really love to give you my ideas um, of how I want my helmet done. And not gonna lie, this kind of ties down to one of the reasons why, one of the main reasons why I stopped doing commissions. But before we go into kind of like the drawbacks of commissions, do you have anything else that you want to mention that's a positive thing? Well, I guess what we just talked about is that it boosts your ego sometimes, yeah. <laughs> which is quite nice. Um, I think that's kind of it for commissions. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything else. So let's jump into the downsides, which is why Candice and I kind of gave up commissions. So I think the fact that commissions can take a really long time to create so not just the actual sitting down and creating them but the back and forth with the client I imagine especially oh, yeah. for you Candice I think this is this gets easier with experience when you have I don't know if policies is the right word but basically you have almost a procedure in place this is how it works you have this amount of amendments here is where our showcase how it looks at the minute so having things like that can make things easier because what you don't want is essentially giving the client lots of chance to change things and then it becomes a bit unmanageable. Yeah, and it gets confusing too. So it does get really, really time consuming just prior to even working on the thing itself. Unless if you are, you know, on a website like Fiverr and stuff like that where it's like a really quick they order, they tell you what they want and then, you know... Since it's on Fiverr, it, the conversation actually goes pretty quickly. Um, however, if it's like, let's say you have an Instagram or 
Facebook or however you market your commissions, I can see how that conversation, like the initial conversation of like, hey, this is what I'm looking for to, hey, this is not doable, like that constant back and forth drove me absolutely insane. So whenever someone messaged me about getting an artwork done, I would send them a long like paragraph of how like obviously of how it works and what I expect and what the fees like the rates are and what it includes and does not include and if you know they're overcharge or like additional charges and stuff like that but there are those people who question it like down to the T so it, that does end up making it take so much more time and you might be having like four or five people asking you this at the same time, but you're not making any money for the two weeks that you're talking to those four people. It just, that's just something that you have to keep in mind. Like that is not uncommon. Even if you are a prestigious person, I would assume you would even have even more policies and your, your commissions could be even in more detail or more extravagant. So I can see how that can take... A lot of time. Something I want to add as well, whilst we're on the topic of commissions and procedures, is that you should be sending customers proofs, but also in your kind of terms and conditions, make sure it's clear that it's the customer's responsibility to check for errors in the proof. If you don't know what proof is, it's basically a picture of the work that you've created and the onus then becomes the client's responsibility to check it for errors. And if they don't spot an error and you finish creating it or finish sending it out and then they complain, then you can fall back on your terms and conditions and say, well, actually you've seen the visual. Yeah, (laughs) that comes into a whole other aspect of dealing with customer complaints, but you definitely want to make sure that you're sending customers a visual where you can. And I actually used to sketch out my work in pencil first and send customers a proof of that so that they could yes see the format but I have had customers say oh I've noticed that there's a spelling mistake there or that word is slightly wrong so it's a great way for yeah to get any errors fixed it's not just about you know, passing the blame. It's also about getting things sorted before it becomes a problem. In a commission career, I guess, there are going to be something, because since we're talking about timing, we might as well also address the fact that some things can be time sensitive. For example, weddings. (laughs) And you don't have that like additional two weeks sometimes to fix an error or even just talk to the bride or whomever to get the thing resolved like you got to deal with that and that just that level of stress just nah I can't so a commission is what caused me to cry for the first time in my business because oh my god really so I opened up my website in November 2020 and I got my first inquiry for a commission and it was the first commission I'd ever did so I was very naive (laughs) and didn't know how long it would take and what the process of doing a commission was like so I accepted this piece of work that was like four or 500 words. It was a huge piece, like really big. It was a ton of words. It was uh, A5 size paper. Um, I don't know if you do those measurements in yeah. Canada. You do, I yeah. Know what that, so uh, yeah I, it yeah. was a big piece and 
I I felt like brush pen wasn't fancy enough, which is a bit bizarre because I specialise in brush pen. I just felt like, oh, the let's bet pointer pen, so I have to do pointer pen. When I had very little experience with pointer pen, so I was it was just a whole stressful nightmare creating this commission. It was time sensitive, so my hand started to cramp up within the first couple of hours. I think the piece took me eight hours to create. And the second from last line, I'd added in a random word. I'd just, my brain had just added in a random word. And it made sense in context. I think that's why my brain had added it in. But it wasn't exactly how the customer asked. And then I had a dilemma. Do I send out this piece and hope they don't notice? And then risk negative reviews or having, I guess, just that anxiety of thinking, oh, what if they notice? What if they notice? Or do I raise it with the customer in the hope that they accept it? And I thought, I have to to address it. It's going to make me really anxious if I don't bring it up with the client. So I brought it up to them and I said, you know, I've accidentally added in this word. Um, The sentence still makes complete sense. Um, I hope this is okay. Are you happy for me to send it out as it is? And she rejected the work. And I cried <laughs> because I'd Yeah, pushed, I remember this. Oh. Yeah, eight hours of work. I'd pushed through pain because it was a rush order and she rejected it. And that was kind of the sign that maybe commissions wouldn't be right for me. I think I did learn a lot from that. One, how right. long commissions take. Two, don't take on a rush order without charging way more. <laughs> um, yeah. And potentially just don't take on a piece if it's going to literally cause you pain because you're dealing with having hand cramps. But yeah, I charged way too little for that. At the time, I felt it was loads of money. I charged £150 for a commission that took me eight hours of work, which is really underpriced, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a whole it was a whole thing. And after that, I took a lot more care. In, not that I wasn't already being careful, but being extra, extra careful to make sure that no mistakes could happen. And what I found helped so this is kind of a top tip is to sketch it out in pencil and then double check it again (laughs) but when you are double checking a piece next to the original so I print out the words on a piece of paper and then I had my other piece I would check it word for word and read aloud the word and it took a long time but what happens is if you try to read the sentence, your brain might add in random words or random changes. So you have to be very, very meticulous. And that is one reason yeah. why I just didn't like it. I just didn't get on with it. I found it too stressful and it just took me a long time. <laughs> and I felt like other niches were more my style. It generally can be very, very frustrating. If I had top three reasons, this is either number one or two. Because of my line of work, which was making designs from scratch. So if it was a if it's a blank canvas, it was my job to ask what the customer is looking for and tell them 
like what's doable and not doable that part was easy kind no because it's not that's another reason um <laughs> it's not easy that's like number three that's 100 that's number three but number one or two rule not rule but reason was because trying to get into the mind of the client was impossible it's not their fault for example why does a horizontally striped shirt make you look wider than mm. if you were to wear a vertically striped shirt well because of optical illusions so when that same rule applies to helmets if i have more strips going horizontal your helmet's going to look more bubbly and then they go like no it doesn't i'm like yes it does it, it will and they're like no i want it i want it to be like i want the race lines to be horizontal and i'm like no if i do that it will make your helmet look very round and if you're looking for something edgy that's not gonna it's not gonna work and so some of you might go like well why can't you give an example well I'm like because if I give them an example they will say like well that's not my helmet design so they're looking for a helmet that for example if they had like a white HJC helmet that's a motorcycle helmet brand it's on the rounder end of uh, helmets and if they were looking for something more edgy like an AJV they have more edgy looking helmets, more defined lines. And so they're like, okay, well, I want it to look like that. I'm like, yeah, but your, your, mo- your helmet physically it just does doesn't not work. Yeah. work like that. And it was just, Gemma, <laughs> the amount of, <laughs> the amount of hours that I lost on sleep due to feeling so frustrated of telling people why things don't work that way is is mind-boggling and so sometimes people like it's it's frustrating because i know it's not their fault so like one of the other things would be like oh i want a gradient look well some vinyls have a metallic coating or like a gradient look but not in the way that you think it depends on how you look at it. Kind of like a car, if it's like a gradient green red, it's like a you can kind of see it in different lighting. Yeah. But that's not what they mean. They mean like literally from solid red to like a faded blackish red. Mm-hmm. That doesn't like you need an airbrush that you need to paint that. And they're like, yeah. no, you don't. So I guess just the technical aspects of how it was so frustrating. Work. Like yeah. how <laughs> I'm laughing now because I'm I cry I I didn't cry, but it was like frustrated mm-hmm. tears of just trying to educate people but they just wouldn't listen Mm. at the end of the day i still would make it work in terms of like yo let's let's you know wrap this around and do it this way and then i would show them examples of what i did previously and i would be like okay you see how this line is horizontal and vertical Mm. and it gives more it gives a more optical illusion of like the helmet going angled this way that's what I'm talking about. And then they would just be like, I don't get it. And or like telling them that you can't put a circle on a round object perfectly other than airbrushing it was also frustrating because like, well, I see circles on helmets. I'm like, yeah, because that's painted on. And there are a lot of clients like that. You can't blame them though. And that level of frustration when you're working with that kind of level of frustration, it it can cause mistakes, whether it be not charging people for the amount of work and effort that you've already done um the overall application of it if you're not in the right mindset then you could end up like screwing it up uh it's just stuff like that it's just, of, it's, yeah out of interest did you charge people 
like a deposit before you started any kind of discussion? Because I imagine you spend a lot of time coming up with the idea of a design, but that's your that's your time. Like how much time do you give away versus charging a deposit? Because some people charge almost like a setup fee. I know that's not the right term, but... A deposit, like the drafting fee. Yeah. So I actually never charge that. Mm. I know that sounds really dumb, but it, I, for my line of work in terms of like the decal, I didn't charge it because I realized how frustrating it was (laughs) and how much time it took and how many people I've turned down. Like after maybe I say two weeks of going like, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. I'm tell like, I'm telling you only A, B and C will work, but they keep giving me one, two and three or X, Y, Z. So it's almost like a vetting process. So that's why you didn't charge. Yeah. Then. It, yeah. Like I would even need to see if this person would understand. Cause then you're kind of, if you accept a job, this is for anyone who's doing commissions or any job. If you do a job and you say that you can do something, you're setting the expectation level at a certain degree. But if you know you cannot do it and you still accept it anyways, the onus Mm. is now on you. Yeah. So that's why for me, I learned the hard way when I said I can do something and it turns out I couldn't, but I still ended up making it possible. But that was after 12 hours of work Mm. to finally make it possible. And then at that point, I, how much are you actually getting paid per hour? I think I, I, for that artwork, I think I only got paid $60. $60? <sighs> $60. Because yep. <laughs> oh in my head and in their head, they were like, yeah. this is just one like circle that you can put on the thing. Mm. And I didn't like, you know, my brain did not kick in. Like you can't put a round object on a, like you can't put a large round circle on something as round as a basketball mm. if it's a sticker it's gonna wrinkle on the side because that's just mm. unless if you do airbrushing but that didn't that didn't occur to me something so, yeah sorry just a kind of related side note obviously it's not relevant now you've closed that business but if you have a commissions-based business or just any business in general and you find questions coming up regularly and you're having to explain like why something is the way it is that's a good chance to create a blog post on your website so that one, you draw people to your website who are looking for the answer to that question. And two, when that question comes about, you could say, um, blah, 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 here is a link so you can read more details about this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because that can save you a lot of time just having something <laughs> with an explanation ready. Yeah. Yeah. But you also have to understand, even if you have these in place, there are going to be people, like a lot of people, who still don't get it. Because I remember I had multiple artworks. Like, I purposely made multiple examples of bad designs and then good designs and go like, you see how this looks like this? Well, because it's because of this line right here that effed up the whole thing. It's a small detail when you put it on a physical object that's round, you, it's gonna, you know what I mean? So I, I showed them that and they still didn't get it. So you, you're gonna have to prepare yourself for that. And my mental <laughs> could not handle it. 
I got so frustrated. And that's, and that's tough if you are one person because you can't scale. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's something we haven't really talked about is the scalability. So even if you are a fully in demand artist and you've taken on all the commissions you can physically do, there's kind of a limit to what people will pay in general. So your your income is going to be capped at a certain level. You can't continue scaling. So that's something to keep in mind if you want to go past a certain threshold. You may be very happy with the amount you're making with commissions, but if you want to grow past that point, it's definitely worth keeping in mind. Yeah, because you can't, it's not like you can hire, you could hire someone to deal with the logistics, but at the end of the day, you are the designer. So you still need to talk to the client because if there's a middleman, there's going to be miscommunication, 100%. And so that's kind of the talk that I had with my uncle as well. He's like, Candice, are you, if you look at Coco Island or from yours truly studio, from what it was before, and you look at your deco business, your deco business is bringing in more money at the moment because you're focusing so much on it. But I hope you understand, like, it's like you're at your physical limit. Even if you charge people more, you cannot be charging them like a thousand dollars. You you might be able to if you're really the the one person, right, to get this done. But if you want to go any higher than that, it like what can you do? So yeah, I don't think anyone would pay like a thousand dollars for a motorcycle decal. Yeah, it comes to a price point where people just generally will stop paying um, or stop being interested in working with you. Yeah, Um, for those of you who are interested, the max that I charged, I regularly charge between $100 to $300, but there were some very fine detail pieces that I charged $600. Mm. And those customers were also shocked. However, due to my history they were like, I'm going to do it because there's mm. no one else I can do it. So that's, that's what I was working with. No one else did it in my local four hour radius, uh, like four hour driving mm. radius. I had people asking me like, oh, can I get it done? And then you, sh- I sh- you ship the decal to me and I'll put it on myself. And I refuse that because I was like, that's my artwork and I do not want you to mess that up. Mm. Putting it on because putting it on is also a technique. Takes, but... Yeah. So like... For- I'm not trying to flex, but I'm just saying the conditions were no one around me did it. No one around me designed the way I did. And so you're I in was, demand. I was in demand. Yeah. And motorcycle helmets generally are between $300 $700. So mm. people kind of expected to pay like 200 to $300. 600 for sure was definitely pushing it. But if you have that one customer that's really wanting to get it done and there's no one else that can do it of course they're going to come to you Mm. so that's that's kind of how niche down i was (laughs) but yeah that's what we mean by like you can only push your cap so far yeah and i guess one last point about the cons is that you physically have 
to do it like you have to be there to do it (laughs) your business cannot run without you if you um go on vacation go on yeah (laughs) holiday work isn't going to get done and you know the pro is that it's flexible and you know you can pick and choose when you want to work on things but at the same time if you're not working on things you're not making money so yeah that's probably a downside of it as well yeah it's rough but it's it's kind of like oh it is what it is i just hope that people if you're deciding to do commissions that you're doing it out of like love and respect for your work because if you love and respect your work then you're going to be charging people adequately and you're going to have a great time doing it if you're doing it just so you can get the ball rolling there's nothing wrong with that because Gemma and I did it like both of us I would say 100% the Deckle business funded my from yours truly studio for the first year or so I was able to get more supplies due to it um and stuff like that but yeah if you're not working you're not going to make any money Mm. is that anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up Candice um I think I just want to give people a reminder that if you do want to move on from commissions it doesn't necessarily mean you have to fully shut it down this narrows down to like the whole flexibility thing I have so I have closed down my deco business but locally I don't think there's anyone that offers what I do which is kind of like what no one offers it still but people do know that I can be reached out to sometimes and it's mostly my old customers who have got like at least 10 commissions from me already and they go like I have this one guy I I, he has no one else that he can go to and you can still do that just make sure you charge adequately don't don't go back to your first rates because you know you're you're worth more than that Mm, so that was the last point I wanted to touch upon as well is pricing so when I charged you know 150 pounds for this ginormous piece I felt so so scared of charging that amount whilst now I look back and I think that was not enough money for the amount of stress so you should definitely be pricing to a point that almost makes you uncomfortable if you feel really comfortable with your price you've either either been doing it for a long time and you know that that price is right or it's just new and scary and that's where you feel uncomfortable pricing that way um i don't did i say that right i, do, yeah, I think i think i think so people will get it you guys will get it I, out of curiosity though yeah just so people have a better understanding of how far you can come mm. so that 150 pound piece Mm-hmm. You were feeling nervous and stuff. Mm-hmm. What would you charge now and put your foot down on that? Like when I say put your foot down, I mean mm-hmm. like what is the new price that you would charge and not take any less? Like no negotiation. So assuming it was the same time pressure. Ex- everything. Yeah, exactly. And same. point of pen still and it was a massive piece. I want to say, say at least 500, at least yeah, 500. Be, yeah. Um, That's growth or, right there. <laughs> or to be honest, I would even say no. The amount of yeah. stress it caused, 
I might say no. If I knew that creating a piece that was so time sensitive would cause me to be in pain for hours, <laughs> I think, am I willing to be in pain for hours just for money? <laughs> I don't know. It's a bit of a trade-off, isn't it? It depends how desperate I was for money, but... Yeah. Yeah, I would charge significantly more. Yeah. If I were to get back into the business now, I would probably charge like so back then on average 200 to 300 now i would charge on average 400 to 500 obviously based on what the whole work was like i did have like set price whether it was be accents or half helmet or full helmet designs but yeah like when i first started i charged 60 dollars, and then at the end i charged 200 to 300 dollars. it was a hundred dollars just to even for me to sketch up something for you but back then I didn't charge anything at all. So don't think that people won't pay you to, you know, to ask for your, to, sorry, to get your artwork because they will. And I know Gemma and I kind of talked a lot about the cons over the pros. That That's because both of us are out of it. Um, and for a good reason, because it's just not, not for us. So we just want to remind everyone that you can still make a really decent amount out of commissions. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, I just realised why what I said earlier didn't feel right. It's because I lost my train of thought whilst I was talking. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to correct it now. So I said that if you feel comfortable with the price you're charging, um, what I meant to say was if you're comfortable, you're experienced and you know it's the right price. And then the second point I meant to say was if you're comfortable and you don't have experience, you're undercharging. I, that was what I meant to say. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think I kind of got it. Yeah. But so, then again, we're, we're both like talking about commissions and we're both like aware of each other. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. Uh, I get it. I got it. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> it was going to bug me if I didn't clarify because I was like, I know I didn't say that right. Um, okay. So that wraps up commissions. Don't be put off just because it wasn't for us. Um, they're, they're definitely pros. So it's about, yeah, learning from our experiences and seeing if the pros outweigh the cons for you. And also just giving it a go. Sometimes it's about giving something a go to know if it's right for you as well. As always, we will be back in a couple of weeks with a new episode. Yeah, that's it for now. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye.